0: At Northridge, we have hundreds of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and students right here in our midst. That's why we created the Business Leaders Forum. At BLF, we provide a setting for professionals to network with other like-minded people, grow their business acumen, and to be inspired by those who have first-hand experience in the highs and lows that inevitably come with positions of leadership. Join Brad Powell for the third Business Leaders Forum with special guest, the CEO of Shinola and former president of the Detroit Lions, Tom Luand, as they discuss leading through transitions at high levels of business in this new generation. Don't miss this exciting opportunity happening on Thursday, March 9th from 7 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. at the Plymouth campus. For more information and to register, go to NorthridgeChurch.com BLF. Hey Northridge family, thanks for coming this weekend. We have a guest teacher, but he's not new to Northridge. He was a part of our Unforgettable series this past summer. He's the founding and lead pastor of Freedom Church in Ackworth, Georgia. And before I give you the opportunity to welcome him to Northridge, I do wanna give him a word of encouragement. We know that your Atlanta Falcons went down in flames in the Super Bowl, and we're really sorry about that. But I have to tell you, and I've been alive for quite a while, I'd give just about anything to watch our Detroit Lions lose in a Super Bowl. I wouldn't mind them just getting to the second round of the playoffs, so hope you don't feel too badly about it, but we're really glad you're here. And now Northridge family, I know you're going to have a great experience this weekend, but would you first give a really, really warm welcome to J.R. Lee. What's up, Northridge? I hope everybody is doing great, even though I did get a little bit of a Falcons jab just now. But hey, we were there. And um, if we were playing anybody else other than Tom Brady, I think we would have actually won that daggum game. Uh, But nonetheless, it's good to be at Northridge. It's good to be back. And you should be so happy that I'm here. And the reason that you should be, I came July, July 4th weekend this past summer And y'all have been experiencing 90 degree weather. When I got off that plane, it was about 70 degrees and it stayed 70 the entire time that I was here in July. And then now I'm back in February and it is 60 degrees. And so I'm just, I'm just saying. There is, there is no pressure on me today at all. It could be the worst message ever. And y'all are going to be grateful I came just because of the weather I brought with me. And so nonetheless, I hope y'all are, y'all are having a good day and a good week so far. Let me welcome all of our campuses real quick. And uh, it's always good to have you, our Celine and Brighton and Grow Zeal and uh, our online audience, our Facebook Live audience. And I know y'all got a campus probably on Mars right now. So welcome to y'all. Um, and I say y'all, I don't know if you say y'all here or not or whatever, but I do. And um, if you don't like it, you're just gonna hear it a lot. Uh, Cause that's what, that's what I say, I hear. Uh, that of all the services, this is the one that's the most fun. And so we're gonna have a little bit of fun. Let me tell you how how I will preach better today. I will preach better uh, if I get crowd participation and audience participation. I like it when you talk back. Uh, Those of you that don't care if I preach better, I also preach faster uh, with (laughs) crowd participation. And so if you're just here, uh, somebody promised you lunch if you would come and you want me to hurry up and get this over with, talk back to me and uh, I'll <laughs> preach faster. I'm ADD, DD, 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 And so <laughs> as a result, if you will jump on board with me, we'll have some fun together. And hopefully, uh, no matter which campus it is that you're watching from, you'll walk out differently than the way that you came in. That's my goal. Every single time I'm with a group of people or if I'm just sitting in an audience listening to somebody preach, I want to walk out differently than the way that I walked in. I want you to be able to walk out differently than the way you walked in as well so that neither one of us have wasted our time. It's an honor again for me to be able to be here on this stage. Uh, You have a, I hope you know this, sometimes you can get in the middle of something and you don't, you begin to take it for granted. This is a great church. You have a great pastor. You have a great staff. and. What Pastor Brad has built here through the grace of God is nothing short of phenomenal. And so I hope you don't ever take it for granted because what you fail to celebrate will eventually leave your life. That's something that's proven true in my own life. And so you are in the middle of a move of God and God's doing great things. You should be, you should be excited about that. There's a lot to be excited about here at Northridge. And so uh, all that being said, let's dive into this message. But uh, before I do, let me give you a little bit of a background of where this message came from in my own life. I was uh, having a conversation with a, with a friend of mine who had started a church as well. And um, his challenges that he was facing were a little bit different than the ones that I was facing at that moment. He was an, in a situation where it was a pretty small church, couple hundred people. And he was talking about how people weren't giving and people weren't uh, taking part. They weren't following his lead, following his vision. They weren't wanting to do anything. Just, you know, he was just complaining, just having somebody to vent to. And he said, well, man, just tell me, tell me tell me some of the problems you got right now. Just make me feel better about life. Tell me some of the problems you're facing as well. And, and I started t- telling him, I just said, listen, we're in a situation, we're trying to figure out where to park people because we've got Um, you know we were in a growth a major growth season and we wanted to make sure we had places to park them and we were starting multiple services during the day I was preaching four times every Sunday at our broadcast location and then a couple times via video at our uh, satellite location and I was telling how it was weird learning how to preach to a camera learning how to preach and not say words like to this morning you can't say words like tonight and I started feeling sorry for myself because I can't like talk about certain things and I said and every time I turn around we got to raise money and we got to pay for buildings and we got to pay for when people come that's awesome but you've got to make room for them and so you got to have bigger buildings you got to have more services and all that stuff costs money and I feel like I'm just constantly raising money and he goes can I stop you for just a second and I was like well whether whether I say yes or no you already did so so I guess I guess you can and he said I would literally kill to have the problems that you're facing right now. He said, I would love to have those kind of problems. That's the kind of problems I signed up for. Those are the kind of problems that I wish I had. Now, I didn't think, I didn't think anything about it in the car whenever I was listening to him say that, probably because I'm a little bit slower than most, but a little bit after I hung up the phone and finished the drive to my house, I started realizing that that one statement that he made, I was on the phone to help him But that one statement that he made on that phone call actually helped me. And what it did was it shifted my perspective. And when it shifted my perspective, it caused something to happen in my mind and something to happen in my life that changed everything for me. And my goal today is to tell you about that shift because I think that if it worked for me, I bet it can work for you. Now, it's not gonna be easy, and some of it's gonna be painful, and some of it you're gonna be like, oh gosh, I should've seen it that way, or man, I've never thought about it that way before. By the time we walk out of this room today, regardless of which campus it is that you're watching from or if you're on Facebook Live right now, regardless of how this is gonna happen, what, what I want you to see is that when you walk out of here, if you will allow the shift to take place in your life, if you will allow that shift to happen, it'll change everything, not just about your circumstances, it'll change everything about how you view those circumstances. Now, in in the Bible, there's a story. It's written by a guy by the name of Luke who was a doctor. And he's writing in Luke chapter five, and he's just describing this scenario that happened with Jesus and this guy who had two names, Simon Peter. Sometimes they called him Simon, sometimes they called him Peter, and sometimes they called him Simon Peter. It's just, it's confusing if you're not used to this, but that's who this guy is, Simon Peter Peter whatever you wanna call him, Simon, Peter, whoever, same guy. That's the main character in the story outside of Jesus. And Luke's writing all about it. And Peter had just gotten done fishing. He'd been fishing all night long. He hadn't caught anything. I mean, he hadn't, he hadn't caught anything at all. It was, it was not a good night, not a good night fishing. And then Jesus makes this statement to him. Listen to this in Luke chapter five, verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Put out into deep water and let out the nets for a catch. Here's the problem, and you might not have realized this. They just came from the deep water and they had just put out their nets. But when they brought their nets back up, I've never fished with a net in my entire life, but when they brought their nets back up, there was nothing in it except for seashells and seaweed. That's it. That's the only thing that they had caught. And then here comes Jesus And Jesus says, I want you to go back out, throw your nets into the deep water. And when you throw your nets into the deep water, you're going to experience a catch. Now, when Peter heard it, he was, Peter was less than thrilled because of the fact that he had just been fishing all night long. Now, let me, let me get some audience participation real quick. At all of our campuses, and even if you're watching this Facebook Live and you're at Starbucks right now, I want you to participate. Scare the heck out of the baristas, it's gonna be great. Here's what, here's what I want you to do. I want you, if you love to fish, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand all over the room at all of our, there's a lot of fishermen and fisherwomen. I don't know if there's a difference uh, here. Uh, there's a lot of people that love to fish. But here's, here's, what, I, here's what I wanted you to know. I don't love fishing. I love catching. <laughs> you know, there's a big difference between fishing and catching. I am, I am so ADD. When I throw my line into the water, if I don't catch something on about the third cast, I'm ready to go home. I will go to the grocery store and buy some fish and bring it home and cook it and pretend that I caught it. I'm not above lying to you. You know what I'm talking about. I'll do whatever it is I gotta do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit out there and just pray that a bass comes along and bites the bait on my hook. If it's it's about three times out into the water and it's freezing outside and the wind's blowing and I'm just sitting there in this little boat and this is so boring, I'm reeling it in, casting it back, I don't even know what I'm doing anyway. I don't even know if the fish like the bait I have on the hook because I'm not studying and I'm not reading no books about bait. I can't even imagine anything worse than that. But if they're not biting my hook, I'm just, I'm just gonna give up pretty, pretty quickly. But if, if I don't catch, I mean, one time I went fishing with my kids because we were staying at this cabin and they wanted to go fishing and it was so cold. And you know how there's certain times you're supposed to go fishing? Well, they didn't wanna go fishing at the right time. So when we went out there, I didn't even put any bait on the hook because I knew we weren't gonna catch anything. You know what I mean? I'm like, reel it in, Bryce, see if you caught anything. Daddy, are we supposed to put bait on? No, these are, these are fish, they don't need no bait. They just, they love hooks, son. They love hooks. Well, the reason it, to me it didn't matter because if I don't catch fish, it's not a big deal. But to Simon Peter, if he didn't catch fish I mean, and he had empty nets, empty nets equal empty pockets. I mean, that was his livelihood. And when empty nets equal empty pockets, you're gonna have a little bit more skin in the game when you're trying to actually catch some fish. That's, that's how he made his money. That's how he did his thing. But that whole night... The whole night he was out there fishing. I can't even imagine anything worse than fishing all night long. And he was fishing all night long and the only thing that he got in his nets were seaweed and shells. And here comes Jesus telling him to go back out into the deep water. Do you know sometimes in life, one of the things I've noticed in my own life is sometimes in your life, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some empty net problems that you're gonna have to deal with. We, we have to deal with empty net problems all the time. I do, you do, we all do. And the good thing is, is, you know, that statement, misery loves company. I mean, this is a boat we're all in. Every single one of us has had to deal with empty net problems before. Sometimes you work, you work harder than anybody else in your office and then the slacker in the cubicle gets the promotion, the bonus and the raise instead of you. And you sit back and you're like, I wonder, I wonder if all that hard work was even worth it. Because I worked as hard as I could for an entire year and I, I pulled my nets in and it was, again, it was filled with nothing but seaweed and shells. Or maybe you've invested in a relationship with a person and then all of a sudden you came home and that person was gone. And you look and you're like, all my net has in it is seaweed and shells. Or maybe you've been investing in your your kid and you've been trying to help them to move in the right direction and trying to help them to love God and trying to help them to love people and trying to help them to make good decisions and not repeat the mistakes from your past. And then all of a sudden your kids are, it's like one night they go to bed like little angels and then the next night they wake up or the next morning they wake up and you have now inherited the spawn of Satan. Like that's your child. You know, and those of you where that's never happened to you before, it's because you've never had kids yet. That's that's pretty much the way that it works. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to look at your child and be like, Where did you come from? What happened? What happened to you? And that's that's what happens sometimes when you have empty net problems. Sometimes you work as hard as you can, you work all night, you do your thing, and again, you're just left with nothing but seaweed and shells. Now, This guy named Peter, he understood, Simon Peter understood this. And he had to answer the question because the question was made in the form of a statement. Jesus said, go back out there and throw out your nets. Go back out into the deep water and throw out your nets for a catch. And the question that Simon Peter had to answer was, what do you do when you've been fishing all night? And Jesus tells you to go back out and do it again. What do you do when your life, when you've been doing everything you know to do, the best way you know how to do it, you haven't got a return, and Jesus says to go back out and do it again. What do you do when you've been trying to extend forgiveness to people, and that forgiveness has not been reciprocated, or that person just continues to hurt you, and Jesus says you're supposed to forgive them again. And you look in your net, and even though you've been sowing forgiveness, all you're reaping is seaweed and shells. What happens when that occurs? What happens when you're not seeing the return on your investment in the season in which you've been trying to receive it? There's a verse in the Bible that even talks about it. It's written by a guy named Paul, and he says in Galatians, I think it's chapter 6, verse 9, don't hold me to it, but he says, in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not faint, In other words, in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Can I tell you a secret? It's it's dangerous to tell a secret to thousands and thousands of people, but I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't like that verse. You say, you have to like that verse. You're a preacher. Well, disqualify me from being a preacher because I don't like that verse. Say, why do you not like that verse? Because it says in due season. If that verse would have said, in this season you will reap a harvest if you do not give up, favorite verse right now, mark it down, Galatians chapter six, verse nine, I will tattoo it on my chest, the whole thing. In this season, capital letters, you will reap a hashtag harvest if you do not give up. I would, I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what it is that I would do. I would even be be okay with it if it said, in the next season you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. That'd be my, that'd be my, that'd be my verse. Go to, you could ask me. I would put it out there all the time, but that's not what it says. It says in due season. In due season, you're gonna reap a harvest if you don't give up. In due season. Here's the problem with due season. I don't know when due season is. I don't know when due season's gonna be. That means I might, work my, I might work for years and it still might not be my due season. When it says in due season, that means I got to trust that what God said, even when it looks different than what I currently see, that His word's going to come to pass. When it says in due season, see, due season requires faith. I just sometimes wish that it would only require sight. Because see, Peter, if he knew he was going to catch some fish, he would have been like, sure, man, let's go catch some fish. But you, Jesus, did you forget? You're a carpenter. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, but I'm a fisherman. I'm a fisherman. I know where the fish are. And the fish are on vacation. They're not biting nothing. You're a carpenter. Do I tell you how to build furniture, Jesus? No. Why are you going to come up here and tell me how to fish? You know what he did though? He had to make a decision because you got to make a decision every day. What are you going to do when your nets have been filled with seaweed and shells? And Jesus tells you to get back out there and do it again. So here's what he, here's what Simon says. He says, master, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Seaweed and shells and seaweed and shells don't pay the bills. I got empty net problems, Jesus, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because you say so, because you say so, because you say so, because you say so, so, I'm gonna let them down. I'll do it, I'll do it. I I heard a guy preach this one time and he was saying, Peter loved Jesus so much. He was so full of faith. He went out and threw out those nets because Jesus said so. And if you just live your life according to because Jesus said so, your life will be moving up and to the right. Part of that's true. You should live your life because Jesus said so. That's that's good advice. But did you know that sometimes when people say, if you say so, they, they they might be obliging you on the outside, but they're probably rebelling on the inside. It's like when your little kids look at you and you say something to them and they look at you like with that bless your heart look. And those, some of you don't know what that is. The bless your heart looks that, that means you're an idiot. That's what, that's what bless your heart is. That's a really nice way to say you're an idiot, mom. Bless your heart. You want me to do it your way? I'll do it, I'll do it your, if you say so, it ain't gonna work. They're, they're not saying those words because they know they know if you're in my house, you'll get a spanking. But nonetheless, they're, on the outside, they're saying, okay, okay, I'll, I'll do it. But on the inside, they're like, just, this ain't gonna work. My mom and dad, they're so out of touch, but I'll do it if you say so. If you say so, mom. I think that's the attitude Peter had. I'll do it. I'll do it, carpenter Jesus. <laughs> Fisherman Peter, he'll do it. He'll do it because you said so. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what you said to do. And so it says, look what happens, verse six. When they had done so, what Jesus said to do when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to rip. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. That's a lot of fish. You throw out your nets and you get so many fish, your nets are ripping and you get them inside your boat and your boat starts sinking? That, you're talking about, you're talking about you, you went from an empty net problem, you went to a full net problem real quick. You say, what do you mean a full net problem? It's a problem when your nets are ripping and your boat is sinking and you're in the middle of the ocean. I mean, I'm a good swimmer, but I don't want my boat to sink because Jaws lives in the ocean. You're in the shark's house at that point. I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about all that. That's a problem when, that's a problem when your nets are ripping and your, and your boats are sinking. How many of you, audience participation? I want you to raise your hand, all four campuses, Facebook Live, YouTube, and those of you watching online, raise your hand if sometime life is overwhelming to you. Raise your hand. That's, yeah, people are like, oh yeah, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Come on, now it's speaking my language. Some of you, you're like, you're like, you're freaking out right now thinking about how you got so much to do tomorrow, you don't even want to go to sleep tonight. Not because you don't need the rest, but because you know if you go to sleep, that's going to make that night go quicker. Sometimes schedules get crazy busy. Sometimes stuff gets challenging. Life is not Life is not an easy thing to do. Life is not always... Simple. Sometimes it's complicated. Sometimes you got to sit in traffic. You want me to go from being a Jesus-loving person to being somebody that you won't even recognize? Put me in traffic. (laughs) I know none of y'all deal with this at none of y'all's campuses, but because y'all just love Jesus more than anybody else in the world. And when people cut you off, you just say, well, blessed be the name of the Lord. I pray that you would bless them and their family. And Lord, I pray that you would bless their car. I pray that you would just help them to have a wonderful day. Thank you for the the opportunity for patience in my life. Jesus, I'm sure that's what you do. That's just not always what I do. I make sure that they don't have a Freedom Church sticker on the back of their car. Because you got to make sure, I've learned this over the years, you got to learn they don't have a Freedom Church sticker on the back of their car because you don't want to accidentally yell at somebody that on Sunday you're going to see sitting on the fourth row. That's my pastor. You should have seen him on Tuesday. Sometimes sometimes traffic can get you down. I've never had to deal with this, with this problem before, but you've had to shovel your driveway and get all the snow off your driveway so that you can get your cars out of the garage. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. I've never even heard of such a thing. <laughs> That's amazing. Sometimes you, you can complain about at the holidays that you gotta go and figure out how you're gonna spend time with your big, crazy family. You got people here, you got people there, or maybe they're all coming to your house and you're like, I gotta prepare so much food. And there's, you know what I've learned about every single family in the world? 97% of them, man, you just you have nothing but love for them. But there's about 3% of every single family that's represented by at least one person, where you uh, you you know you wouldn't be super sad if they didn't show up for dinner that day. <laughs> and if you're sitting in one of our campuses today and you're like, "That's never happened to me," you are that person. <laughs> Somebody had to tell you, they brought, in a, they brought in somebody from Atlanta, Georgia to let you know. That's all right, the grace of God can cover your life. Forgive you of your obnoxiousness. <laughs> sometimes it feels like your nets are ripping, doesn't it, in life? Doesn't it feel like sometimes your boats are sinking? It feels like no matter how hard you try, you can't get ahead and even when you do, it's just, it's just so challenging because you've got, maybe you have a demanding schedule. Maybe you got the promotion, but now your workload is intense. Maybe you got the raise, but now the expectations are a little bit higher than they used to be in your life. Maybe you were praying for that third or fourth child, but now you were you not quite prepared for the amount of time that third or fourth child requires. And the amount of stuff you have to pack to go on a trip. How can you have to pack so much stuff for such little people? It's unbelievable to me. But that statement that that guy made to me changed everything in my life. Because even when your nets are ripping, and even though your boat is sinking, at least your net is full. See, I was was thinking about this because some people have empty net problems and other people have full net problems. Full net problems are the problems that people with empty nets would love to have. A full net problem is shoveling snow out of your driveway so that you can get two of your cars out of your garage. That's a full net problem. Because number one, you already have a house. Number two, you have two cars. Number three, not only do you have a house, you have another house attached to your house and it's a house just for your cars. (laughs) There's people in other countries that would look at what we call garages and they would think that that was a mansion. That's a full net problem, ladies and gentlemen. That's a full net, it's a full net problem. I wish this, this is true. It's a full net problem to sit in traffic for an hour every day on your way to work. Because while you're complaining about sitting in traffic for an hour on your way to work, there's a person with an empty net who's sitting at home just wishing that they had a job. It's a full net problem to try to figure out where, how you're gonna spend time with your big and loud and crazy family. Because there's other people that are dealing with an empty net problem right now and the life of the party passed away in recent months and now the house is a lot quieter than it used to be. They would give anything to experience the problem of a loud home, and they would give anything to try to figure out how to deal with a full net. There's some of us, and we'll complain at times. I know I, know I do, because, man, I'm, I'm so guilty of this. That's why I, I wanted to, to teach this message, because this is like I'm just teaching to myself, and I'm letting y'all in on my therapy session. <laughs> but sometimes... Those of you that either have young kids or you used to, you remember whenever you would get the house perfectly clean, I mean, I'm talking about it hadn't been that clean in forever, and then all of a sudden, your two or three kids get home from school, and those tornadoes come running through, and you went to the bathroom for a few minutes, you came out, there's socks in the ceiling fan, there's book bags laying in the floor. I've got, I've got two girls and one little boy, my little boy's seven, and then he'll, he'll have, un, like in five minutes, somehow he'll have his underwear on the dining room table running around the house naked. I'm like, son, you cannot run around the house naked. You got two sisters, put your pants back on. Why did you take them off? What's wrong with you, child? What's wrong with you, seven-year-old freak? Something's wrong with you. <laughs> to my girls, why your room? Why is your room so messy? I wish you would clean it up. This is so challenging. I wish, you would, I wish you would just do what you know to do. Clean it, keep it clean. You start to wonder whether or not you even did a good job as a parent. And at the same time, if you're not careful while you're complaining, about them, the mess in your house. There's thousands of other people that call Northridge home that have been praying for God to help them to be able to get pregnant, but they haven't been able to for years. They would love to figure out what to do with the sock being stuck in the ceiling fan. They would love to figure out how to clean up a dirty house. They would love to try to figure out what to do with the three tornadoes that don't know how to clean their room. Because see, while we're struggling with our full net problems, we got to remember that our full net problems are the problems that people with empty nets would love to have. So what do you do when your nets are full? What do you do when all of a sudden your perspective shifts and you realize the thing that you complain about is the thing that other people pray about? Simon Peter gives us the answer. He says, and I think it's in verse 11, he says this, he says, "So they pulled their boats up on shore, they left everything, and they followed him. Who's him? Him is Jesus. They were so grateful for the catch that they had received. they were so grateful for the miracle that had just transpired that they literally they leave everything behind and they're like, "You're not just a carpenter. You're not just one of our friends, you're not just one of the boys, you're the." the Christ, the son of the living God, and I'll follow you every day for the rest of my life. That's what Simon Peter did. Simon Peter, whenever he saw what God had done, when his due season came, and he saw that his nets were full, what Simon Peter did was he responded in the only way that makes sense, and he responded in gratitude, and he said, God, thank you. Thank you, this is not what he did. Thank you for the ripping nets. And thank you for the sinking boats, because those ripping nets and those sinking boats mean that the problems that I possess are no longer empty net problems. The problems that I possess are now full net problems, and that makes all the difference in the world in my life. And when I begin to recognize that in my own heart, some of the things I used to complain about, now I can start expressing gratitude about. God, I thank you for this messy house because it means I've got three healthy kids that are here in my home that enjoy being here. God, I thank you for this traffic because it means that, number one, I have a car, I have transportation. Number two, it means I have a job. Number three, it means I have somewhere that I need to be because even though my schedule is busy, it's because you provided influence, which is what I prayed for every day of my life. God, I thank you for what I used to almost curse you about. Because you know what I, what I said at the beginning is true. It's true about church, but it's true about life. What you fail to celebrate will eventually leave your life. If we fail to celebrate the full net problems that we possess, we might wake up one day and our full net has turned into an empty net and we'll give anything to go back to where we used to be. But maybe you're at one of our campuses today or watching online or however it is you're viewing this message. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but what do you do if your nets are empty? I wish I had a full net problem, or maybe, maybe this is a little bit better. Maybe you have a full net problem in one area of your life and an empty net problem in a different area of your life. What do you do when your nets are empty? Simon Peter showed us what to do. Simon Peter went back out into the deep water, and he threw out his nets all because of what Jesus told him to do. Simon Peter chose to live his life, not based on sight, but based on faith. See, a lot of us, we think that the opposite of faith is doubt, when in reality, the opposite of faith is sight. What are you gonna do when what God said looks different than what you see? See, a lot of us, because we choose to believe what we see instead of believing what it is that God said, we're not willing to go back out into the deep water and throw out our nets. The only problem is if you don't go back out into the deep water and throw out your nets, you can't experience the catch and your due season will never come. In due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Sir, ma'am, I don't know when your due season is. I don't know if your due season is in a couple days. I don't know if your due season is in a couple weeks, months, or years. I don't know if your due season is coming right now. But what I can tell you is this, if you're experiencing empty nets, and aren't we all, every single one of us have empty net problems in our lives, what we've got to choose to do collectively, me, you, and everybody else, what we've got to choose to do in those empty net areas of life, I've got to choose every day, Lord, I'm going to believe what you said instead of what it is that I currently see. And if you said in due season, I'm going to reap a harvest, I'm going to believe it because Lord, you've never made a promise that was too good to be true in my life. And so So even though I don't see it right now, just because you said it, I'm going to continue to walk towards it because I believe that because you said it, it's going to happen. And I might not see it today, and I might not see it tomorrow, but due season is coming, baby. And when it comes, I'm going to be ready. And when it comes, my arms are going to be open, and I'm not going to have seashells, and I'm not going to have seaweed in my nets anymore because my due season is getting ready to come to pass. I think that's where a lot of us need to be. But we only get to experience it if we do what God said instead of believing what we see. See, a lot of us, we want due season. We want the payoff. We just don't want to go through the process. We got to be willing to go through the process if we're going to experience the payoff. Because we think the payoff is the point, but Jesus said the process is the point. It's not just about what God wants to provide for you. It's about what God's going to do inside of you while you're waiting for that provision. Full nets or empty nets are both of them at the same time. Full nets, you respond in gratitude to the goodness of God in your life. Empty nets, you believe what God said instead of what it is you currently see. And you just know and you can go to the bank that your due season is gonna come. For some of you, your due season is gonna come right now in terms of making a spiritual decision. For some in this room at all of our campuses and even those of you watching online, there's many of you that, You haven't experienced the joy that can come from a relationship with God because you're trying to go about it in the wrong way. See, I went about trying to have a relationship with God in the wrong way for years of my life. I thought it was all about religion. And here's what religion is. Religion is man or woman's attempt to try to get to God. But I'm not about religion because Jesus isn't about religion. I'm about a relationship with God through the person of Jesus. You see, it's the opposite of religion, actually. Religion says it's me trying to get to God. Christianity says this is God trying to get to me. And what God did for me is something that he's done for every person in this room, and that is he sent his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth and live a perfect, sinless life on my behalf, to be crucified on a cross so that I could be forgiven, to be buried in the ground for three days where Satan thought that he had won, But on that third day, when he came crashing out of the ground, crashing out of the grave, crashing out of the tomb, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And when he did, he made it possible for you and I to live. And because he made it possible for you and I to live, he made it possible for our sin to be forgiven. And even though we can't go back, we can start over because of the person of Jesus Christ. And so maybe you're in this room right now and you need to make a shift in terms of how you approach God. And maybe you need to just put your faith and trust in him instead of putting your faith and trust in religion. I'm gonna give you that opportunity right now before I speak one more word into this, into this um, auditorium at all of our campuses real quick. But all over this room at all four campuses, if you would, bow your head and close your eyes. And if you desire to put your faith and trust in Jesus, I just want you to pray this prayer with me as I pray it out loud. It's not a magical prayer at all, it's just you, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you're believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And as a result, you can be changed. You can be saved, you can be forgiven. God will make all things new. If that's you and that's your desire, just pray this prayer with me. Make it your own if you wish. Just pray these words. Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I know that you died on the cross for my sins. So the best way I know how, I turn from my sin and I turn to Jesus Christ. Lord, the best way I know how, I want you to be the Lord and the savior of my life. Thank you for changing me, thank you for forgiving me, and thank you for saving me right here, right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At all of our campuses, what I would love for you to do is if you just prayed that prayer with me today, if you would, you received one of these connection cards and over here on the right, um, you can see there's a little box that says, today I prayed to receive Jesus in my life for the very first time. If you prayed that prayer with me, I'd love for you to fill out your information and mark that box and then on your way out at all of our campuses, just drop that in the box. And because I'm from the South and maybe you're new to Northridge, let me go ahead and and help you with something. Don't worry, when you put this in the box, you're not gonna do what they do in the South and show up at your house on Tuesday night with 37 people in a pound cake. It's not the way. It's not the way we roll around here at Northridge. We just wanna send you some information and celebrate with you that way uh, because you just made the greatest decision of your life. If you'd like to talk about this message or you'd like somebody to pray for you at all of our campuses, you can come to the front at the end of the service and there'd be people here who would love to pray with you. Uh, If you're watching online and you made a decision, you can just click the connect button right there at the bottom of your screen and you can basically go through the exact same process. But I hope you had an incredible day today. I hope you enjoy your full net problems. I pray that you will give God praise for them. And I hope I get to see you back here soon uh, next week. Y'all have a great day.